Good Tuesday, the 19th of January. I'm Bob Welch, and this is my world. On Friday's broadcast, I mentioned that many of us in Vermont were getting ready for snow. In my part of the state, we didn't get that much. Other areas got much more. George and Pittsfield, Vermont, along Route 100, says, Looks like heart attack snow. I'm letting my son take care of it. We started out this Tuesday morning with 9 degrees, 26 as of 2 p.m. That appears to have been our high for the day. Mainly cloudy with snow showers around this evening. Low 19, mostly cloudy skies tomorrow. A few flurries or snow showers possible. Higher on 25, the overnight low tomorrow is single digits. Thursday, a few snow showers scattered about the area in the morning, otherwise a good deal of clouds, high near 25. From the investigative reporting site VT Digger yesterday, Jacksonville General Store co-owner Heather Hebert says business was brisk but manageable leading up to Christmas, but by December 27, the store was mobbed, her words. All December... Hebert and her staff had listened to customers describe their trips across the state line. In clear violation of Vermont's universal quarantine rules for travelers, but the Christmas weekend crowd brought the shop over capacity. She said preventing at-risk local customers from shopping at their neighborhood grocery store. The Sunday after Christmas, Hebert and her partner announced they were cutting back to curbside service only. It's killing our business, she says this week. It's hurting sales so bad, but it's so much more important to us to have our neighbors be safe. For weeks, businesses in the run-up to Mount Snow have been cutting service or closing while nearby infection rates rise. Other ski towns like Killington, Stockbridge, Warren, and Burke not far from our headquarters here in St. Johnsbury, have seen elevated numbers too, according to the Department of uh, Health's data. The increases come amid a ski season like no other. Resorts are limiting capacity and asking out-of-state guests to affirm that they quarantined before showing up. But complaints about the rule breakers have poured in stirring anxiety that ski tourism is driving community virus spread. It's a big topic. Everybody's got a feeling about it. Are you a store owner? I'd like to hear from you with regards to the challenges you've had to deal with over the pandemic on the whole and most recently within the past couple of months. doesn't matter to me where you do business. Anywhere from Metro New York to Maine is where... I call home for Bob's World. If you'd like for me to chat with you, an interview we call it, the email is robert.welch0520 at gmail.com, and we can arrange a Zoom call, and that interview will be heard in this space in the near future. A good deal of you are interested in moving to Vermont, period. Have a home here. Well, good luck with that one, says the Burlington Free Press, and that includes even the luxury market of million-dollar homes, which 
usually have more than enough supply. Meg Handler is an agent for Coldwell Banker Hickok and Boardman Realty. She tells the Free Press, We have no listings and plenty of buyers. There's nothing to show them. It's slim pickings and they go instantly, even when they're not in that great condition. In another market, they wouldn't have disappeared in an instant. A different variant of COVID-19 is being found consistently throughout California, posing new questions for health officials there as the pandemic continues to rage. The new variant of the virus is not the same one that was discovered late last year in the United Kingdom, according to the Los Angeles Times. The mysterious strain circulating throughout California is reportedly being connected by officials to a series of outbreaks in Santa Clara County. So far, it's been discovered in dozens of counties in the state, including Los Angeles. It has now been two months since Rhode Island's Governor Gina Raimondo ordered residents in Little Rhodey to limit their social gatherings to individual households to avoid further spread of COVID, including for Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, Christmas, and New Year's Eve celebrations. So, did anyone listen? asks the Boston Globe. While a new survey out from the COVID-19 Consortium for Understanding the Public's uh, Policy Preferences Across States shows that about 38% of Rhode Island residents acknowledged that they had been in a room or another enclosed space with at least one person from outside their household within the previous 24 hours. The consortium polled 25,000 people across the U.S. between December 16 and January 11, which means that the 24-hour period in question could have occurred at any point between those two dates. The margin of error in Rhode Island was plus or minus 5%. Not every state imposed a single household restriction, but Rhode Island's numbers nearly matched the national average. During the same period, 60% of people across the country said they had not been in a room with anyone outside their household in the previous 24 hours, while 40% said they were. Bombshell story that a lot of people in the greater New York area are talking about today, at least this morning anyway. New York Mets general manager Jared Porter bounced, turfed, fired early this morning after it was revealed in an ESPN report last night that he sent unsolicited texts and photos of a graphic nature to a female reporter five years ago. It's in much more detail in the papers. You can go there. Porter was hired as Mets GM a mere month ago. The New York Daily News reports Mets New Mets owner Steve Cohen announced Porter's termination via Twitter. I happened to be listening to the CBS World News Roundup in my shower. The flagship station WCBS News Radio 88 interrupted the broadcast of the Roundup to report that news just after 8 o'clock. The Boston Globe reports some background. The 41-year-old Porter grew up in Massachusetts and went to Thayer Academy in Braintree, that's south of Boston, and Bowdoin College in Maine, worked under Theo Epstein. He was in charge of the Red Sox for a good period of time, became the director of 
professional scouting in his final three years in Boston with Theo. He left in 2015, joining Theo in Chicago, where he helped the Cubs break their 108-year-old World Series curse. ESPN says Porter was the Cubs' director of professional scouting when he sent the very unprofessional messages to the woman. They say smoking's dangerous. A man accidentally set himself on fire early this morning while lighting a cigarette inside his Washington Heights home, reports the New York Daily News. The cops say the 59-year-old victim was lighting up inside the bathroom of his West 173rd Street apartment near Audubon Avenue around 4 a.m. when the match fell onto his clothes, set him on fire. He suffered serious burns to parts of his body before the flames were extinguished. Medics took the victim, who was conscious and talking, to Harlem Hospital. Now this. You're tuned to Bob's World. We are heard on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and more. Question. Uh, For the talkback machine, after we all get our vaccination for COVID and the various restrictions on travel are lifted, where would you like to travel? Who would you like to visit for the first time in 10 months? I've got a easy pay Metro card, which is used on the New York subway, along with the buses. I believe the ferries too. I haven't used it since March the 10th. Wouldn't mind using it again. I haven't seen my parents since February of 2020. There's a lady I like I haven't seen in about that amount of time either. They're in New York State. You know, I you you got to do your due diligence when Vermont had the map that was color-coded by county back in the summertime. I would check this map every single week. Can I go? Can I go? No, couldn't quite. Couldn't quite. There were some counties in western Massachusetts, which mean, you know, the Pioneer Valley, Franklin, Hamden, Hampshire County, and Berkshire County of Massachusetts that were in the clear. And a couple, a handful of counties in Connecticut that were in the clear, but, and sometimes the Cape was. Not Worcester County, where my parents live, and uh, never the immediate Boston area, never the immediate New York area. Although there were some places in uh, New York State and northern New York that were in the clear, but uh, not quite Rochester, where a wonderful friend of mine lives out there. Um, he's he's usually has a great big get-together where he invites everybody he knows in radio, or it appears everybody he knows in radio shows up. It, it, it's, it's a quite... Uh, awful lot of people show up to the thing and of course that was out of the cards this past year and so maybe next year is the refrain maybe we'll be able to pull off something like that in in 
you know, maybe August or something. I, I, I think, I think uh, Dr. Fauci is uh, uh, forecasting that it could be August, you know, because it'll take a while for everybody to get their jab of vaccine. There's an awful lot of people live in this country, and then relying on other countries to to uh, uh, vaccinate their people. It's it's a massive logistics undertaking, and our thoughts are with everyone in the process of trying to pull this off. We salute you. The average price for a one-way domestic flight dropped to $135 last summer. Its lowest level in at least two decades, according to an analysis of new federal data by Sirium, which is an aviation data firm. Normally, personal travel picks up during the summer. Kids are on school vacation. Parents take vacations during that time, too, and then drops off in the fall. That decline is usually offset by corporate travel. But with few people boarding planes and businesses having paused with most employee travel during the pandemic, we're all on Zoom. Airlines cut fares to fill the reduced number of seats. They were still selling. The firm came up with its estimates by analyzing transportation department data on airfares from July to September, which was released today. The $135 average price for a one-way ticket last summer included taxes and fees and is the lowest quarterly average airfare before adjusting for inflation since at least the year 2000, according to Sirium. The price also represents a 32% decline from the $198 average in summer of 2019. My personal take on this says there will be a floodgate of people suddenly traveling again, first by cars to the hotels and other lodging places will be first hit by it and, and then followed not too long after by trains and planes. The New York Times had a magazine feature story over the weekend, Dateline Plymouth, Michigan. Hard to imagine any company really matching Tesla's rocket-like rise. But if any electric car startup could aspire to be the next Tesla, it would be Rivian. If you're not familiar with the name, Rivian. You may be seeing an awful lot more of it in the future, says the Times, anyway. R-I-V-I-A-N. Rivian. Founded 11 years ago and based 30 miles west of Detroit, Rivian is preparing to produce an electric pickup truck and a sport utility vehicle. Both models are supposed to be on the road by the summer of this year and will be made in a former Mitsubishi plant in Illinois. Rivian is also developing electric delivery trucks for Amazon. What's so special about Rivian, you ask? It's the roster of investors in the bed of the proverbial pickup truck. Amazon is not just a customer. 
It has put a lot of money into Rivian. Other backers include BlackRock, Fidelity, T. Rowe Price, their investment houses, and Ford Motor Company, which plans to introduce a large SUV based on Rivian's technology. The latest injection of capital was revealed last week when Rivian said it had raised $2.65 billion, with a B, dollars from a group led by funds and accounts advised by T. Rowe Price. Other investors included Fidelity and Amazon's Climate Pledge Fund. The investment round values the company at more than $27 billion and brings the total investment in the company to $8 billion since the beginning of 2019. You're tuned. Well, you've got the podcast on, Bob's World, on this Tuesday, January the 19th, 19th day of 2021. Today's birthdays, former U.N. Secretary General Javier Perez de Cuellar is 100 years old today. Former PBS newsman Robert McNeil, 89. Country singer Dolly Parton, 74. Former ABC Newswoman Ann Compton, 73. TV chef Paula Dean, also 73 today. Singer Dewey Bunnell. You may not recognize the name, but he is a member of the group America. Remember Horse With No Name, that song? Bunch of others. He's 68 today. Reggae musician Mickey Virtue, formerly with UB40, 63. Rock musician Jeff Pilson of Foreigner. 62. International Tennis Hall of Famer Stefan Edberg is 54. And comedian impressionist Frank Caliendo, 46. In 1937, millionaire Howard Hughes set a transcontinental air record by flying his monoplane from Los Angeles to Newark, New Jersey. Seven hours, 28 minutes, 25 seconds. In 1942, during World War II, Japanese forces captured the British protectorate of North Borneo. Our German submarine sank the Canadian liner RMS Lady Hawkins off Cape Hatteras, North Carolina, as well killing 251 people, 71 survived. In 1944, the federal government relinquished control of the nation's railroads to their owners following settlement of a wage dispute. In 1955, a presidential press conference was filmed for television and newsreels for the first time, with the permission of President Dwight D. Eisenhower. In 1977, President Gerald Ford pardoned Iva Takori Takino, an American convicted of treason for making radio broadcasts aimed at demoralizing Allied troops in the Pacific Theater during World War II. You probably know her best as Tokyo Rose, we called her that. Takino never used that name. 1980, retired Supreme Court Justice William O. Douglas died in Washington, D.C., aged 81. In 1981, the United States and Iran signed an accord paving the way for release of 52 Americans held hostage for more than 14 months. Bob's World is what you've got on, and it is... uh, Coming to you on Anchor, 
on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more each day. Now the Bob's World Socially Distanced Community Calendar. In Lenox, Massachusetts, the Berkshires. The Ventfort Hall Mansion and Gilded Age Museum is open for tours, but it's got to be on a Tuesday or a Thursday. Self-guided and prepaid by prepaid reservation only. At these time slots, 11 a.m., 12.30 p.m., and 2. Masks are required and social distancing will be practiced. Call to reserve, pick up the phone, 413-637-3206. 413-637-3206. Admission, $18 adults, $17 seniors, 65 and up, $10 students with an ID, and $7 children. 5 to 17, or you can go to gildedage.org for more information. This is a virtual climate talk being presented by the Tower Hill Botanical Gardens in Boylston, Mass., Worcester County, Thursday, 6.30 p.m. It's on nest boxes and the impacts of conservation management. More info is at towerhillbg.org. That's BG, as in Botanical Garden, TowerHillBG.org. $10 members, $15 non-members. Busy Thursday night? No problem. If you register, you can either watch it live on Zoom or on recording for the next two months. From Bangor, Maine, next Monday at 3. Anne-Marie Story, an attorney with Rudman Winchell and Deb Noonan, Bangor Region Chamber of Commerce will be taking your questions about vaccinations and the workplace live on Facebook and Zoom. Please contribute your questions during this live session or send them via email to Shelley, S-H-E-L-L-E-Y, Shelley at BangorRegion.com. More information is available at Facebook.com slash BangorRegion. If there is a nonprofit you'd like me to plug happening anywhere from Hell's Kitchen, Manhattan to Holton, Maine to Highgate, Vermont, email me robert.welch0520 at gmail.com with community calendar in the subject line so it'll stand out from all the other stuff I see in my inbox. Another reminder that the Bob's World Talkback Machine. Well, let you have your say anytime, 24 hours a day, 802-467-0212, 802-467-0212. Back to the top of the broadcast, I was mentioning that if you were a, a, a shopkeeper, a store owner, that includes restaurant, cafes, diners too, I'll include bars. Uh, if, if you've had to go and... Uh, be through the rough and tumble of this uh, past uh, 10 or so months on the whole through the pandemic or just the past couple of months as as uh, things have taken a, uh, a turn southward as far as the ability to be open and the ability to serve clients and, and just to drop me an email 
at that very same address, robert.welch0520 at gmail. And, uh, and, and we can uh, set up a Zoom chat about it, and I can interview you, and you, you can be part of this uh, program too so that we can have your, your perspective on it from your unique point of view as someone who has been affected by this. We want to have your voices as a, a part of this as much as possible. And on that note, uh, we will close this edition, this, Mon this Tuesday edition, January 19th, of Bob's World. I'm Bob Welch. Thank you for listening.